What's up? How we doing? Hi again, everybody. It's me, JR Man. I'm your official official. Welcome to your Life's Work podcast. How are you? How's it going? Greetings to, to all of you from around the wonderful country of America and the world. America. <laughs> I hope you're ready. Today, today's, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. If you're a parent, you're going to love it. We're going to do the new sex talk today. We're going to talk about sex. Now, in this, uh, in this deal, it's like, I don't want you to close the door because we're talking about sex. I don't want you to put your earbuds on because we're talking about I really want you to like get the Bluetooth speaker out, put this in the middle of your house, and just crank it up. Let everybody hear this one. Because um, the sex talk has changed over the course of time. And it's something that we really need to understand, and as you know, particularly if you're a parent or not, if you're a parent, frankly, just uh, a bunch of things to think about when it comes to sex, um, because we need the new sex talk. Typically, the typically the sex talk is when right? It's like you're a teen. It's like you know, we go to our teenagers. I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, it was like in my teens. But it was like you know. Uh, a very nervous, anxious father pacing around my w- room smoking Winston cigarettes with a rolled up porn magazine in the back of his pocket because he had found it in my room and describing the differences between men and women. And that was about it. And then he took a cigarette and left the room. Uh, also, my mother was a nurse and I grew, I grew, I grew up with my older brother. So it was just two guys in the, in the house. My, my mom and dad divorced when I was young. Um, so <laughs> when my mother was in nursing school, she used to bring home like books on sexually transmitted diseases. And then in these medical books, they'd always have medical pictures. They're like black and white photos, like horrid, these horrid kind of industrial looking like clinical photos that would just scare the hell out of you. And so, you know, they would be like chlamydia pictures, syphilis pictures, uh, genital warts pictures and like, you know, of like a penis with like, you know, genital warts all over it. So, you know, as we're looking at this at the dinner table, like eating sugar smacks and pop tarts, you know, and just like, like, <laughs> like, honestly, like you're like all the blood running out of you <laughs> because, you know, as young men growing up and being attracted to, you know, whoever down the street, um, you were like, yeah, there's no way, there's no way my pants are going down. <laughs> So either my mom did a really good job or a really horrid job. Uh, the horrid job is like I still have PTSD, you know, from seeing these uh, these medical pictures of uh, sexually transmitted diseases. So that's kind of my sex talk. I was born in 67, 1967, so I'm 50. So, you know, again, a lot has changed. When I was growing up, we didn't have a phone that uh, or a laptop that if you thought about boobs, you could go look at every variety of boob out there within 30 seconds. When I was a kid, you kind of had to hunt down your porn or hunt down your lustful ambition. Uh, today, there is no hunting. It is like you you can just take a little rock and just chuck it in the water as quickly as you can. So uh, I tell parents the interwebs are, are like a loaded gun and uh, we've got to start early. So uh, today's sex talk, you know, people out, you know, people ask me, "Hey, when do you start the sex talk?" And I'm like, as soon as your child is cognitively able to understand human language, is when we start, you know, in earnest talking about the sex talk. So. What does that mean? Because I know a lot of people freak out at that point, like, well, my three-year-old shouldn't be hearing about penetration and intercourse and oral sex. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, I agree with you, but we we have to have some common sense. The same way you would teach your three-year-old about lying, 
And by the way, you're going to be teaching that three-year-old when she's 18 about lying too. The lying lesson never ends for anyone, right? That's how it goes because, you know, although kids will straight out lie when they're 18, they're going to kind of beat around the bush and maybe, you know, white lie, like manipulate you in some kind of a you know, a, a more feathered, softer lie, but you'll still be teaching that lesson. So this, in the same way that is true is the same way this X talk is true. So early on, it's identif- it's a literalness. Early on with your kids, as we, as we engage in the sex talk, because the sex talk should be lifelong. And I'm talking about from the time they're kids to the time they even move out and start having their own kids. The sex talk needs to continue. Because evolu- there's an evolution uh, in sexual behavior and desire. There is a evolution in sexual desire a- and uh, behavior. And just remember that, and, and, and that is true for you. And if you think about what I'm saying, you, you, know, you understand it. When I was a kid, I got a hold of a Playboy, and in the Playboy was a brunette that was laying on a kind of like a – it was either a mink coat that looked like a mink rug or it was a mink coat. But anyway, she was laying on that, and for years I held on to that image – um, and would go to lustful places very quickly with that image. And that created desire. It created want. It created like kind of behavioral, uh, scenarios in my own head. So you have to understand that things are formed early on for everyone. And, and what I so desperately wish I had now, and again, I'm not bitching or complaining, um, but what I wish I had then, um, was somebody to walk me through uh, what that woman was doing, why she was doing it, what it did to me, like the arousal in my body. I wish somebody would have explained that. Then I wish somebody would have explained why my mind went to outer space once I saw her on that mink coat carpet thing. Um, And then why was I attracted to it? Like, why did I like staring at it? Like, all these questions, I really wish somebody would have helped answer them for me to take a lot of the gas out of that tank so I just wasn't walking around blindly with my own sexual desire, ambition, uh, and, you know, like new behaviors in my brain that I thought would work well here or there uh, when it came to sex. Um, I did not have sex for a long time after seeing that image, but that image burned itself into my brain. And of course I filled in the blanks from there. I really needed somebody with a little bit more sexual maturity to help me out, um, when it came to that. So ongoing conversation, make sure it's a lifetime and not an afternoon. The new sex talk is a ongoing conversation, not an afternoon. It is not, um, something that is, you know, a 10 minute, you know, thing. Do you got it, get it and you get out. And that's not it. We have to understand, first of all, that all human beings are sexual creatures. We are sexual creatures. God created us, duh. (laughs) And in doing so, uh, in Genesis was like, yo, get together, have at it, and, and, and go populate. And for the record, sex is great. Sex is wonderful. It feels good. Um, uh, I mean, people get nuts and crazy with it, obviously. And as a result of, uh, that and human beings and the desires and the craziness that we can get into, yes, sex can turn into, um, some unha- unhealthy behavior, thoughts, attitudes, and actions. Absolutely. 100%. But I don't want you to translate that down to your young person. So there has to be a literalness early on, which means we are naming body parts for what they are. If you're telling your kid that an ear is an ear, a nose is a nose, and an eye is an eye, there's no reason that a penis should just be a private part. 
It should be a penis. A vagina shouldn't just be a private part. It should be a vagina. Along with the buttocks and along with the breasts, it's the same way. Areola, nipple, all of that stuff. We don't want to build shame or a cloaked mystery to anything or any body part when it comes to when it comes to the new sex talk. No cloaked understanding, no mystery, no um, veiled reference, nothing to build in shame, nothing to build in guilt. Like it's not Mr. Wobbly, it's a penis. Um, and we just and we have to drill down there. I understand why we would say private parts. I get it. I totally get it. No one wants their no one. Everybody wants their child to go out, go out of their house and know that they can't. That nobody should be touching them, getting near them, and in, in any of that. And that's a that's a whole other conversation. Um, but when we're talking about um, body parts that will definitely rule as a desire at some point in their life, particularly as they get into puberty and beyond as a teenager, I really want everybody to have a clear literalness of what we're dealing with. And, and uh, again, as, as the body comes up to speed in its sexual desire, the mind can't be in another stratosphere where the body is not. So that's why there's a literalness. That's why there needs to be a literalness because we, we can't just talk about the penis without uh, talking about what's going on um, you know, with your mind too. Because for the record, and, and here's ultimately the good juice on this, is you know, a penis and a vagina are much more than just a sexual um, you know, just a sex, you know, just just oriented sexually. Like they actually help the bladder remove urine. Um, or in the biological form of a woman, uh, the vagina and the uterus aid in childbirth or, ch- or the growth of an actual child. Um, so, you know, and, and, and testicles, you know, f- you know, for example, help regulate the body's, uh, you know, heat. So, I mean, we, you know, so we have testicles, I mean, the scrotum, you know, the whole nine yards, you get what I'm saying. Um, so we have to understand that, that these body parts are much more than just sexual things that are going to light the world on fire. Um, so that's where the literalness comes in. So if you need some kind of anatomy lesson, grab a quick book like an Anatomy 101 and then help your child into understanding what the body parts are, what they do, because the sex talk is not just about sex, but it's also about the body and the mind and how the body, the mind, and ultimately the spirit all talk to one another. Because again, sex is one of those things where the body, mind, and spirit can absolutely be in different parts of the stratosphere um, and not communicating to one one another. So the new sex talk is like, we're going to put all this together. As I take a breath. Um, again, again, no shame on any body parts and no shame inside the talk. This talk doesn't need to be whispered. This talk doesn't need to be, you know, closed doors and locked. This door doesn't need to be, well, what are they doing in there? And why can't I listen? Well, you're not old enough. This talk doesn't need to be that. And again, as I'm talking about younger children, I'm just talking about the literalness of your body. Um, young children, certainly like you use common sense, man, young, young children don't need to, we don't need to be talking about oral sex. We don't need to be talking about the different levels of, of positional sex. Like we, we don't, we don't need to get into that right away. And you'll know your child well enough to start to drill down on that as they get older and more mature and more curious. So again, 
Common sense, my good people. Common sense. Don't assume your kids have the same sexual desire uh, and drive as you when you talk to them. In other words, a lot of adults, as we start to form this conversation in our minds with them, we just do it from our place in the present. And that is sexual baggage. That's whatever you like or don't like. It's whatever you you think people should like or not like, uh, and there and there's judgments attached to it. So your child, regardless if we're talking to a very young person or we're talking to a prepubescent person or a person in their teens, don't assume that they got the same stuff going on as you do in the present. Um, and that's why we need to speak to the curiosity. We need to speak to people's child's children, young people, teens, curiosity. Speak to the curiosity. Don't put weights on the curiosity. Don't stop the curiosity. Don't not allow the curiosity to grow. And frankly, with curiosity, it's super good because if they're not going to get their questions answered with you, guess what they're going to do? They're going to get their questions answered somewhere else. Plain Jane. That's how it goes. That's human beings. I hate to tell you, but that's what it is. Oh, my child will never do that. Yes, they will. I'm drinking tea now. Did I tell everybody that? I kind of like cut out afternoon coffee. You know, I'm 50. I'm older now. And uh, tea seems like a 50-year-old thing to do. My buddy Rob, he smokes uh, a pipe. And I think that's like his like old thing now. He's smoking a pipe. I mean, who, who the hell smokes a pipe? I mean, seriously. My dad smoked a pipe. You know what I mean? All right. Well, that's here and there. Um, this conversation lasts a lifetime like we talked about. Um, and uh, again, the conversation's an evolution, Right, the conversation is an evolution. Uh, you know, young young children into that preteeny, into that adult. Because you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, you you will be hopefully if you're doing this right, if you're opening up the guises of this conversation, like and really allowing life to breathe into it. I guarantee you're going to have this conversation well into when they get married um, and when they start having kids. Um, you must be aware of the curiosity. We talked about that. See, I got notes, but I like to jump around. Uh, this generation, this generation, our current generation, the current generation is immersed in a sexual dysfunction in its desire. Let me say it again. This generation is immersed in a sexual dysfunction in its desire. In other words, they're, they're supercharged in the regularity or, and the normalcy of all things sexual. So if you think about what I'm saying... You can't go too far into the interwebs or even at the CVS or the local grocery store without being pounded with sexually suggested images and or sounds and or nuances of of sexual desire. Uh, you, you know the, the the clothing even today. It's not it's not even that it's not it's not even that it's not modest. It's just sexually driven. Uh, in its fashion, so so fashion, uh, technology, the you know the digital stuff like like Instagram. I mean, Instagram is curious because if you just start doing searches on Instagram, you can totally see what is. I mean, you can get it right. Sex is popular. Sex sells. Everybody gets it. Everybody wants it. We are sexual beings, so there's going to be attraction there. I want to see big boobs. I want to see a ripped abs. I want to see a guy's nice ass. Like like you know, we get all this stuff. So obviously the eyeballs go there. But if you really start to understand like how much of it is out there, then you begin to understand that this generation and it's leaking onto us, frankly, and it's leaking onto seniors too because seniors are now able to hit the digital landscape too because as they retire they get computers and they get you know my my, my mom uh, she's like a hundred or whatever she is and you know she has an iPhone so she's able to search the interwebs too God knows what's going on there 
Um, she, you know, flowers, like she's probably looking at flower pictures all day long or something like that. But so, I mean, you, I mean, you hear what I'm saying. So uh, we have to understand that this dysfunction has a desire to it for more and more and more and more and more and more, which is to say like a lot of people go, oh my gosh, the world's on fire. It's never been as worse as it is now. I mean, why can't we hearken back to the forties and the fifties when everybody wore a dress? And that's bullshit too, because humans from the beginning of humanity have have just done all kinds of crazy carnal unhealthy things as our desire to seek security power fame uh sexual gratis- gratification like all these things are on the table and we will just abuse them and spin them out in a in a second and a half so at no time in history has it been just so in our face. That's kind of the way I'd say it. Like technologies has really made this in our face. So there is this sexual d- dysfunction in its desire. It's out there. It says you can have sex with anything, anybody, anytime. Um, and you and you can you can look at it whenever you want. You you can you you can fall to its desire whenever you'd like. So I want everybody to understand that. And and that's why the sex talk needs to be early on because we need to kind of cut it off. We need to kind of cut the digital situation off at the legs. If you're raising young people that get a literalness of what their bodies are doing, what their, what their sexual desires are, not only with their body parts, but in their mind and in their spirit are doing by the time they hit the landscape, the digital landscape that says all the, all the oxen free to all things and type sex if they get there with that kind of knowledge, it's going to take the the wind out of the sails a little bit, everybody. I'm telling you. That's why I believe this conversation needs to be out loud and at the dinner table all the time if there's a curiosity to it. Because we want to take some of the mystery out of the BS. We want to take the cloak off of it. We want to be able to go, this is what it is. This is what it's for. This is why it's great. This is what people do. Like really help people in to one of the best parts of being humans and the most intimate thing. It's the most intimate thing that people can do one to another. The most absolute intimate thing when you share your body with another person uh, sexually and it and you keep it in a healthy arena, it is wonderful. And I know some of you know, <laughs> some of you understand what I'm talking about. Maybe some of you are like, man, I want more of that. Um, yeah, you can get it. It's all good. Relax. Um, the new porn. So I call, uh, the new porn, the direct message. The new porn is the direct message. Porn isn't necessarily any given website, name it here. Um, or, uh, just Googling naked or Googling hot or whatever. That's the new porn is the direct message. My daughter, you know, she shared on a couple podcasts and, and shares with me almost daily um, on her Twitter and on her Instagram. There is a constant badgering for nudes. Uh, I call them nudes and crudes. There's a constant badgering for nude uh, for nude photographs, breasts, uh, butt, vagina, penises. There's just a constant badgering. So the new porn is actually the direct message. And, and if you think about it, it makes one hundred percent. 100% sex. Most kids that are, most teenagers are not cognitive to really start to understand like what the future is. So they're always doing the present. And if you got teens, you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, and that's why the direct message is just so popular today when it comes to spreading, um, you know, nudity and sexuality around the interwebs because most teens tend to think, and if you're a teenager, I'm not killing you here. I'm just telling you what's going on. Uh, most teens tend to think that the private or the instant or the direct message is a private thing for your eyes only because it's super hard to think into the future about what somebody's going to do with that or not do with that. And so teens these days, their first date is usually a nude. Uh, on the direct message. So if you're a parent and you've got teens, you need to know what apps they are on, what social media they are on, and how they are sharing these uh, pictures. And if whatever smart device they have has a camera, I'm guaranteeing you right now that some nudity has already been a part of their uh, little direct message process. Oh, JR, my kids don't do that. Yes, they do. Um, so just know that. And when I say, yes, they do, I'm not calling your kid a jerk, bad, wrong, uh, you know, take them away, lock them up. I'm not saying that. I'm saying this is what's happening. Like we, we can't go, this is not happening anymore. It's, it's happening. And this is why the new sex talk needs to start so early and a literalness needs to be on it. And we need to take the shame, take the guilt and take the cloaking and the mystery away from what it is that's going on inside our bodies, our minds and our spirits when it comes to sex. The new porn, the direct message. Um, nowhere the sexual desire goes underground. Nowhere the sexual desire goes underground. As you open up this conversation, I hope to God you're asking your teen, uh, just like I ask my teen, hey, have you got an erection yet? Hey, have you masturbated yet? Hey, uh, uh, what kind of girls do you find attractive? What kind of body parts do you find attractive? You imagine those sentences? I do. My kids know those sentences and they hear those sentences and then we understand them together. Hey, what does your imagination do when you think about a naked girl? Um, and then I try to know, like I just said, where the where that desire goes underground. In other words, at some level, there could be shame and there could be guilt attached to it, right? And shame and guilt are going to pre- prevent people from talking about it. They're going to prevent people from wanting to have honest and, and really authentic conversation about it. So you got to know where it goes underground. Social media is a place where I'm talking about. It can go underground there. Um, It can go underground, like I say, direct messaging. It can go underground by, uh, you know, just, you know, where where they spend their time is basically what you're looking for. Um, But you got to know sexual desire, if it's got shame, if it's got guilt and no authenticity on it, no honesty, no clear look through on it will go underground. Um, we don't want it to go underground. We don't want sexual uh, desire to go underground, unchecked, untalked about. We want it to talk about. Now, am I asking everybody to just like, you know, open up and divulge their souls? Yes. At some level, I am asking people to open up and divulge some stuff. There's no doubt. But if, if you're doing this right with your teen and you're going slowly on this conversation and you're easing into the big weighty topics, what you're doing is you're helping them understand them. You're not giving them judgment about what you think is right, wrong, or indifferent. Although, yeah, there'll be a piece of that, but you're helping them understand them. With my boys, it's, hey, have you had an erection yet? Hey, have you guys, uh, do you know what masturbation is yet? No, I don't. What is masturbation? And then we go into it and we talk about it. Hey, why does why is that girl beautiful to you? Um, I talk about my youngest uh, 
you know, we're on a beach one day and uh, he was just staring, man. He was off gazing at a beautiful young lady in a bikini. And of course I got it. And I said, Hey, why, you know, what do you, you know, first off I said, Hey, just so you know, depending on where you're staring, it can make a girl very uncomfortable. So, you know, at, at some level you need to know that when you're staring, like it could make, you know, the opposite sex, um, you know, uncomfortable. So just, you know, so you know that didn't not wanting to kill his desire, obviously, but wanting him to understand what he was doing and how it was being checked. And then I said, Hey, where are you staring? And then we had that conversation about where he's staring. And what about you staring at that? Do you like, and what about, and what happens in your imagination, you know, when that happens? So to help him clearly identify, because again, that's a weighty thing. And if you think about when you were a kid, preteen or teenager, and not having the ability to be able to express that, what happened to you? And what has happened to you since then as you've climbed into adulthood uh, and had sexual experiences? That's all. That's how that goes. Or maybe you were at a party like me, you know, and you played spin the bottle and you felt your, you know, a girl's, you know, boo for the first time and, and you didn't exercise that in a conversation with somebody. What did that do to you? GR, this stuff is not supposed to be talked about. Yeah, man, let me help you out. It is 2017. It's time to open up. Come on, stay with me. Uh, masturbation. Let's talk about masturbation. Masturbation is a natural physical response to sexual desire. I'm going to say it again. Masturbation is a natural physical response to sexual desire, both with men and women. Women try to, you know, women auto masturbate. Yes, we get women masturbate too. Uh, dudes, we get you masturbate. So calm down. It's out in the open now. It's okay. Um, when's the last time you talked about masturbation? <laughs> the, the silence speaks. The silence speaks. We got to stop uh, demonizing masturbation. Um, I don't care what circle you're in. I don't care if you're in a religious circle, a non-religious circle. We have to stop demonizing masturbation. Don't touch your penis. Um, this is a, a literal conversation that I hear fathers say with sons. I tell my sons to not touch their penis. Because God knows what could happen if they touch their penis. Um, and we have to understand that masturbation is a natural, physical response to sexual desire. It is literally where the mind and the body meet up to release physically. Can masturbation become a massive problem for any one person? 100% correct. Can masturbation lead to sex? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, it will lead to sex. Is it the beginning of that understanding? Absolutely. Can it become the end of that understanding? Yes, it can. In fact, I know guys that, um, and I work with guys that have a real, real problem um, with self-gratification. So yes, it can come be unhealthy. But when we're talking about masturbation to our boys or to our young ladies, we need to let them know that this is a natural physical response, not only that the body has, but the mind also has too. And then help them work into the idea that there is and can be an unhealthy uh, cadence to masturbation. Um, and that masturbation could be a very big, huge part of porn addiction. It could be a, an and, and it could be used as, as a device to keep you away from your feelings and reality and everything that is good and wonderful about life. But we have to talk about it, not demonize it and not put shame and guilt on it. If you're telling a young person to not touch their vagina or their penis, there's a why attached to it. Well, why can't I? Well, because it's going to lead to sex. And then you don't want to have sex. Well, why not? Well, because you got to wait till you're married. So I can't masturbate until I'm, I got to not 
pay any attention to this massive physical desire that's happening inside of me like a raging brush fire, like a raging tornadic situation in my body and mind. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. We don't want you to touch yourself. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's 2017. Let's get our heads out of our butts and let's really start understanding what we're doing here. Uh, Guard your hearts, your minds, and your body. Guard your hearts, your minds, and your body. And I'm not touching everything in here. Maybe we'll do a part two on this. We're 27 minutes in. I only like to go about 30 because I can't stand myself for more than 30 minutes. Guard your hearts, your minds, and your bodies. So guarding your hearts, your minds, and your bodies means that I want, that I'm saying, that I'm advocating that heart, mind, and body all function together so that we understand that there is a proper response to sex, sexual behavior, and sexual desire in the heart, in the mind, and the body. Which is why I say take the heat off of masturbation, because we have to understand that masturbation is a function of being a human being, and, it, and, it, and it's a natural response to what's happening inside of us, um, and that's just how it goes. But but most of us, man, we want to go crazy fundamentalist. Most of us want to go crazy certainty. Most of us want to go crazy black and white right away and say, well, that thing is wrong, so anything around that thing uh, has got to be dangerous. Which is why sex isn't dangerous. So when we're sex is not dangerous. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing, and this is why we have such a problem with it. At the end of the day, so guarding your heart, your mind, and your body means we connect all of them together in some capacity. What does sex mean to the heart? What does sex mean to our mind? What does sex mean to our body? Now that's a podcast and a talk all unto itself, but basically the guarding of that means that we have healthy attitudes, realistic attitudes, common sense understanding inside of sex and sexual desire. Um, like, hey, porn will lead you down a road that you don't want to go because porn introduces you to ideas that have nothing to do with intimate, loving, physical relationships, right? So those understandings. Um, sex before marriage. People say, Jared, can people have sex before marriage? Yes is the answer. Yes, they do have sex before marriage. Do you want people to wait before marriage? Yeah, I would say that's a damn good idea. I teach my kids. I here, I teach my kids right away. Yo, here's how this looks, man. Um, there's a, somebody out there for you, I guarantee you. And hopefully um, that, that person is that person, you know, for life. And so, you know, guarding your virginity at some level. It's not that I'm saying it's the other person's there's a person out there that's going to have your body someday and you need to protect them. No, that's not what I'm saying because you're going to have sexual desire, period. I'm just saying like I'm teaching that as a healthy methodology to guard hearts, minds, and bodies. Certainly the other side of that fence isn't, hey, go have go have a ton of sex before you get married. Go have as many partners. I mean, nobody, who, who the hell would agree with that, right? Go have 40 partners before you get married. I'm sure there's somebody out there that would, right? Yes, all to you know. There's you know there's the, you know there's talk about delayed gratification or or denying gratification, right? Like there's some tribes people would say or communities or cults that would just deny sexual gratification until they get married. And you know, part of me understands that, but I just want to be common sense. I just want to be common sense. I'm not teaching my 17 year old to go. 
um, you know, every time you feel like you want to have sex, go do it. That'd just be stupid. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Are you with me? I know you're with me on that. Guarding your hearts, your minds, and your bodies means stringing them all together. All right, we're 31 minutes into it. We're going to do a part two on this because I'm fired up. I don't know if you can tell I'm fired up on this subject. It fires me up. I don't know why it does. It always has. Hey, uh, jrman.com, J-R-M-A-H-O-N.com. Uh, that's where all my business is. Um, well, you know, what am I? I'm a guy that helps people. That's what I do. Uh, I uh, life coach. I mentor. I spiritual direct. I run a, a ministry called Tabletop Ministries. Give us your money, please. We need it. Go on jrman.com for that. My number's on the website. You can call it. You can text it. You can email me. My email address is on the website, too. Uh, I would love to help you build your life's work. That's what I say. Whatever that is, uh, new bumper music underneath me. It's going to stick. It's going to stay way on if you like it or not. If you don't, somebody send me 15 bucks. I'll buy a new cut. Um, <laughs> that's all there is to it. Good people. We'll do sex part two next week. That's what we're going to do. Uh, love you all very much. Appreciate you. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.